Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. I want to warn you that on our journey today, we're going to begin with a negative, but stay with me, we're going to end on a positive. We've come in our study to the little book of 1 Corinthians. Now, if you know anything about the church in Corinth, you'll know that these were fairly carnal believers. These were, were Christians who were struggling with lots of things, and it was a very imperfect church. But let me remind you, we're all sinners, and there is no such thing as a perfect church. Uh, my grandpa used to say, if you find a perfect church, don't go there. You'll mess it up. He was exactly right. The Apostle Paul established this church uh, through the aid of the Holy Spirit during his first visit to the city of Corinth. And you can read about that in Acts chapter number 18. And now, sometime later, he's either heard of some of the problems in this young church or he's briefly visited there on one of his missionary journeys. And so he writes two letters, in fact, First and Second Corinthians, back to this church as a response to their needs. Aren't you glad that when we have problems and when we have struggles, things to deal with, God always has a word for us. The Lord has a message to us, something to say to us. Now, 1 Corinthians follows the book of Romans in our New Testament. And you might see it this way. Things that are doctrinally stated in Romans are now related to the church and everyday life in Corinthians. So Romans shows the interpretation and Corinthians shows applications, lots of applications. Now this book has some of the most well-known, definitive chapters in the Bible, summary passages. For example, if I said to you, what's the greatest passage on love in the Bible? You'd say 1 Corinthians 13. If I said, what is the great resurrection chapter of the Bible? Oh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And so there's some amazing passages in 1 Corinthians. And why is that? Because it is the truth that helps us work through our sin. It is the truth that helps us work through our struggles and our difficulties. And so uh, Corinth, though we like to criticize them, uh, we, we have a lot in common with them. And these believers in Corinth we can identify with in a great way. The key word of the book is the word reproof. Reproof. You remember in 2 Timothy 3.16, Paul said that the Word of God was profitable for doctrine, for reproof. Think of that divine order. First doctrine, then reproof. And we've just studied the book of Romans, full of doctrine. Now we come to Corinthians, right on its heels. What's it? A book of reproof. And let me just tell you, nobody likes to be reproved. We all can feel pretty good about ourselves when someone's patting us on the back. But when someone gets in our face and says, you're to be blamed. This has to be corrected. Then you can tell how spiritual a person is by how they respond. But the reproof that's given in this book is a loving reproof. It's reproof by the Apostle Paul who loves these people. But more than that, it's reproof by the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church, because He wants them to be everything He called them to be. Can I tell you, when God reproves you, when the Holy Spirit works you over, and points out some sin in your life, don't, don't raise up and rebel against Him. Realize He loves you enough to tell you what you need to hear, though it may not be what you want to hear. 
The theme of this book, if I could summarize it in a phrase, is the behavior of the body. Remember, a church is a body. It's a body, a local group of baptized believers who've joined themselves together to carry out the Great Commission. They're a body. And just like a body has many members, we have many members. And just like a body has a head, we have a head. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And just like a body has problems and issues that must be worked on and exercised, and sometimes the doctor has to work on it. Well, I want to tell you, sometimes the body, the local church, has issues that must be dealt with. You don't abandon your body. You don't just cut off members of the body and say, well, I don't need this anymore. No, you work on the body so that it becomes what it's supposed to become. And it behaves the way it's supposed to behave. And so it brings us to this book of 1 Corinthians, one of the most practical books in the Bible because it's going to tell us how to work through things. If I could outline the book for you, I would say it this way. Chapter 1 is an introduction. He begins by reminding them they belong to Jesus. Aren't you glad for that? With all of our warts and all of our failures and all of our weaknesses, praise God, we are still a part of Christ's body. Then in chapters 2 through 6, he reproves their divisions. Oh, there was so much division. Now, they were divided amongst themselves. They were fighting amongst themselves. Uh, some of it was unnecessary. Some of it was necessary. Sin had brought some division. Uh, may I say to you, one of Satan's strategies in our day and age is to bring division among God's people. Can I tell you that our Christ brings unity? Uh, that the Holy Spirit brings one mind and one accord? And if we're going to be what God wants us to be, we're going to have to deal with our divisions. Then he reproves their deportment. In chapter 7, 8, 9, and 10, he deals with behavioral problems. He deals with the subject of marriage. He deals with Christian liberty and, and doing things that offend weaker brothers. He deals with how we treat the man of God. He deals with lust and idolatry and fornication and murmuring. He deals with every area of the Christian life in these chapters. And may I tell you, sometimes Christ just has to do a thorough examination of every area and put His finger on things that need to be dealt with. May I just pause right now and ask, what's the Holy Spirit speaking to you about? What's He putting His finger on in your life right now? That's His reproof. And then He reproves their disorders. Now, they'd been disorderly in the way they'd come to the Lord's table. They'd been disorderly in the way they'd treated each other. There were disorders uh, uh, in the use of the sign gift of tongues in the early church. There were uh, disorders in their worship. Lots of things like that. And so he says, let's bring it back in line. Everything must be measured by the Word of God. And then he reproves in chapter 15 their doctrine. There were people trying to pervert the gospel. So he goes back to the basics, back to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The best way to combat error is not by debate or dialogue, it's by declaration. Just preach the truth. I think it was Spurgeon that said, you don't have to defend the gospel. It's like a caged lion. All you have to do is just let it loose. Get it out. And so, preaching the truth deals with so much error. And the gospel clarifies. And then the final chapter, chapter 16, is his conclusion. So he's dealing with the body. He's dealing with the church. Let the Lord deal with you today not just collectively as a group, but individually. How do these chapters apply to my life? How do they speak to me? Now, we've dealt with some negatives, but I said to you we would end with a positive, and so we shall. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is the great resurrection gospel chapter of the Bible. And I believe the key verses of the book are found in chapter 15, verses 57 and 58. They say this, But thanks be to God, 
which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be as steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Despite every problem, despite every failure, despite every difficulty, these Corinthians still had victory through Christ. Can I tell you, whatever you're dealing with today, friend, you still have Christ and Christ still has you. I love this word, therefore. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You see, sometimes the Lord has to reprove us, but we still have the victory. And we must still continue to labor faithfully for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, don't let the accuser of the brethren beat you down today like a club use your sin and problems against you and against your church. Instead, be reminded that Christ is the victor and He wants to conquer in us. And the same Christ that was crucified, buried, and rose from the dead is ascended and is alive forevermore. The same Christ that's coming back for His church wants to rule and reign in us today. Let Him reprove. Let Him correct. And then by the grace of God, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. This is not just the message to the church at Corinth, my friend. This is the message to every Christian. And may God help you today to enjoy the journey. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.